We all live in these incredibly miraculous machines that have an incredible ability to heal themselves. Human bodies have, have the ability to do a form of photosynthesis. When you kind of explain the underlying reasons of why their body is producing whatever symptoms it is, they're like, this is amazing. You know, why has my doctor not told me this? Today I'm talking to Kate Chater Norris, who is an experienced nutritional therapist about her new book, I wish my doctor had told me this. It's packed full of valuable information for anyone wishing to improve their health using a more natural approach. Hi, Kate. Hello. Hi. How are you today? Really good. Really good. Thank you. Great. So Kate describes herself as a foodie. She says being innately greedy helps and having a mother who really wasn't interested in cooking meant she did lots of cooking from an early age and was given lots of freedom to create different things. She says she can't think of a better career than to be talking about food a lot and inspiring that people that eating healthy food can be absolutely delicious. And it doesn't mean that we have to be deprived. She's also incredibly inquisitive about people and loves hearing their stories. So having a couple of hours with a client to completely focus on them is a complete joy. Kate has chosen to subtitle her book, There is More to Our Healing Than Medication, a sentiment that resonates deeply with the ANH ethos and mission to promote natural and sustainable approaches to healthcare. I would say, having read the book, Kate, that like us, you're a health creator who is passionate about the pursuit of optimal health by working with nature, not against it. Would you agree? Oh, completely. Um, I'm afraid, you know, when people get into that kind of medical system, they kind of get scared into um, trying new things and, and working out how they can help their bodies in a natural way, which is really sad for me. And it's about kind of giving people confidence to try these things. Yeah, no, it's so true, isn't it? Uh, the medical system does tend to restrict people's thinking unfortunately mm -hmm. uh, it would be great to hear a bit about yourself and what brought you to nutritional therapy in the first place yeah um i've always loved bodies i mean i never particularly excelled at school but i did love biology and always wanted to do um a sort of complementary therapy but had never kind of found the right one mm -hmm. um and many years ago i went to see a nutritional therapist and she was talking away about this and that and and, and i said gosh this is so interesting and she said oh well if you're interested read this book um which was Patrick Holford's Optimum Nutrition Bible. And I read the book and I was like, that light bulb, this is it, this is what I want to do. I was so passionate about, you know, what I was learning. It was just every weekend's lectures was a revelation about how incredible our bodies are. Mm. Um, so I feel really blessed to have this job. It's just one of the best in the world. Yeah, no, I understand how you feel. That's it pretty much a mirror of my journey as well and we studied at the same place as well at, at oh, fantastic. For optimum nutrition so, yes yeah. yeah it's an incredible journey it's mm. not an easy journey but absolutely amazing yes. well and, worth it yeah having that knowledge to be able to help people 
to have more control over their health and how they feel it's just amazing and when when you get a client who comes to you who is really quite unwell who can work alongside you just with food and, and relatively simple interventions and you can see a difference in their health as they move forward is oh, it's magical absolutely magical you know, if a client comes back through the door and they go you've changed my life and you're just like hallelujah this is why i'm doing doing my job you know it's yeah, absolutely. So yeah so what was your inspiration behind the book um i think i mean time and time again i had my clients sitting on the sofa and when you kind of explain the underlying reasons of why their body is producing whatever symptoms it is they were like this is amazing you know why has my doctor not told me this um you know so i would explain that you know the conventional medical world doesn't work in the same way as we do and they tend to be about more kind of suppressing symptoms rather than working out what the underlying cause is and i was doing workshops uh but you know you only get so many people into a workshop and lots of people have said to me you must write a book so that little voice was kind of you know jiggling away at me and, and i thought right i'm gonna do it this wonderful book arrived um <laughs> and now it's my job to get it out there yeah, yeah so who who are you hoping to reach with the book what's your target audience so to speak i think I think it's people, uh, all the people that sort of like the ones that come and see me, you know, they have chronic disease. They've been round the houses, seeing specialists, being put on more and more medication and nothing's really working. Um, and, and those are the kind of people I want, want to get to. Um, and, and already I've had, you know, lots of people who have read the book, haven't seen me um but i've you know i've had messages saying oh well i've you know been doing the th stuff in your book and i'm already feeling better and i'm like fantastic you know i don't need any more clients um i'm absolutely up to up to the brim with clients so actually i kind of want to spread the word without people having to come and see me yeah yeah what do you think's the most important takeaway from the book for somebody i think what i'd i'd love for people to feel empowered about um yes i you know i'm i'm in control of my health and i'm i'm i can fix it myself i mean yes obviously there are some situations you know where medication is is but it's usually in those acute situations and um with chronic disease i just feel that giving people the knowledge and the understanding of how their body is working um, just is it's a it's a it's a gift i think um, that you can you can provide people and you know generally because you know when you're talking to people people are always interested about their themselves and their own health so it's it's quite an easy sell yeah. um, and and also i think um, making people aware of the huge power um, that our emotions have um, on our health and well-being. I mean, I've said in the book that I kind of believe that a lot of the symptoms that our body expresses, it's almost like um, it's the emotion that we are suppressing um, and it has to be expressed somehow. And if we don't express it verbally, then our body will do it for us. Um, 
Yeah, it's something that we've been talking about at ANH in recent weeks is the effect of trauma on our bodies and how that can drive uh, the disease process. And we've, we've particularly looked at brain inflammation. So is, yeah. is that an area that you're interested in? Yes, I think I, I kind of work from um, the idea that, you know, if we've had trauma, um, whether it's from childhood or, you know, later on in life, it can um, switch on that kind of fight flight mechanism. And um, particularly if you've had sort of chronic trauma, um, your body gets used to running into in that fight flight mechanism. And of course, if you are running in sympathetic mode, um, all of the housekeeping jobs in, in the body get put on the back burner. So therefore, you know, people are not digesting properly. They're not detoxing. Their immune system gets suppressed. And that obviously has a massive impact. I mean, and brain inflammation obviously comes into that um, because if you're not detoxing properly, everything gets kind of toxic. Um, and the immune system can, you know, either become very suppressed or become very trigger happy. Mm -hmm. um, it just depends on the body. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the area that I was so fascinated in because 95% of my clients have disordered adrenals and blood sugar regulation. Um, and I think it's, you know, as I talk about in my book, the 21st century environment that we've created is just not what our bodies are cut out for. Um, that creating some stillness and quiet and is just something that's kind of sadly gone out the window. Yeah, um, well, as we like to say, um, we're paleolithic beings in a 21st century environment and mm. the two don't necessarily sit very well together no. so having having this sort of knowledge uh can help us to live with our paleolithic genes mm. within the 21st century environment but in a way that it does the least amount of damage to us so that we can thrive and be strong and resilient. Yes, absolutely. We've very much lost our resilience these days, I think. Well, I think it's hard when you look at all the things that our bodies are being bombarded with, you mm. know, whether it's toxins or poor diet or stress or, you know, lots of, um, you know, I suppose, you know, we're all being exposed to viral bacterial infections all the time. And we just need a really robust, resilient immune system to be able to deal with that. And, you know, we can't be resilient when we've got all these things that are kind of draining the tank. Um, so, yes, it's just giving people kind of an awareness of, all those things in our environment. I mean, in the, the toxins chapter, um, you know, where I go through somebody's day, underlining all the all the toxic elements that, that we're being exposed to, you know, that people have said to me, my goodness, I had no idea. You know, literally every other kind of sentence, there was something in there. Um, and of course, you know, all, a lot of this information is suppressed. You know, the, the manufacturers of these goods are not, keen to let everybody know that actually they're kind of running us down and slowly poisoning us yeah 
I suppose the, the message there is that individually, in small amounts, some of these chemicals may not be a massive issue, but the problem occurs when you have multiple chemicals in higher doses, you, you don't know how they interact together. And then that interaction, the uh, impact that it's having on your body. Absolutely. Yes. And really, you know, looking after the liver um, and making sure the liver's got all these, you know, good nutrients going in to help with those detox pathways and just simple things like, you know, drinking enough water, but mm. also making sure that the water you're having is clean. Yeah. Um, you know, when I sort of uh, I get a lot of clients with, uh, sort of you know these long-term chronic issues and I you know say it might be worth getting your water analyzed or just get a really really good filter um, you know make sure all those estrogens heavy metals pesticides everything it's gone so at least you know what you're drinking is clean um, but it is yeah it's a kind of eye-opener to most people yeah it's something we really don't think about we're just we're just so used to all of these different things in the environment we don't necessarily think about them mm. on a day-to-day -day basis mm. uh, you mentioned earlier that you're really keen to empower and engage people to take more responsibility for their own health um, given the lack of information about natural resilience and supporting a, a robust immune system that can help protect ourselves how how do you think we can actually empower people to do that i think well it's all about getting the word out there um you know you know doing things like this you know in my book and um i think it's uh, it's interesting you know most people until their body starts going wrong they don't even think about it um, so it's catching those people and you know when I first um, qualified as a nutritional therapist I was super keen and I you know went up to our local doctor's surgery and I said you know would you let me do a workshop once a week for your diabetic patients you know we can just discuss diet and lifestyle and just not interested um, and I feel that if we could I don't know, get a foot in the door. So at least, you know, the information is, is, is available to people because there are lots of people who, you know, are going to the doctor with chronic disease and mm -hmm. they're wanting to help themselves. Some aren't, and that's kind of fine. But, you know, the ones that are really wanting to be proactive, they are not getting the right information. I've had diabetic clients that have been told to eat white bread and bananas to balance their blood sugar levels. Well, you know, that's just insane um and it breaks my heart because these people are wanting to get themselves well but they just haven't got that information um and people like you know dr rongan chatterjee doing a fantastic job but it's again it's really hard to get that information out there and i guess we've just got to keep chipping away and spreading the word um and hopefully you know it will all start to to happen yeah well we're at a bit of a crisis, in a bit of a crisis, really, from a health perspective with the levels of chronic disease. And actually, that chronic disease is threatening to uh, destroy healthcare systems. 
they're, they're just just at breaking point and it, it there are a lot of people doing a lot of good work but as you say it's often being marginalized or dismissed or debunked as being fake information which is not entirely helpful so as you say everybody coming together to continue to share the information is is really important yeah. and that's one of the things you probably realize that delights for natural health that we're sharing that information but we're also making sure that it's based within good science Absolutely. and the latest most up-to-date science mm -hmm. so fantastic because i think that's always the thing that gets thrown at the complementary alternative world mm -hmm. oh it hasn't been scientifically proven um and but then you kind of look at you know diet and it's a really difficult one to prove because i can't say you know to you oh well you're, you're low in vitamin d we'll just give you vitamin d for the next month and see what happens you know nothing else well um you know how does that work all the food that you're eating is interacting it's all such a sort of interactive process so it's very hard to do those kind of randomized controlled trials um, and that's i'm afraid what the conventional medical world gets kind of blinkered into thinking that that's the only way forward um which is frustrating yeah it's there's just so much uh, synergy in in everything as you say it's really difficult to isolate one single thing it's the food that you eat what how are you sleeping properly or not what are your stress levels uh, what's your toxin exposure all of the things that you talk about in the book mm. they all interact together and it's very very difficult to pick them apart and say this one thing is yeah. what's causing the problem it's yeah. usually multiple things even going back to trauma from childhood absolutely so on and so forth the, the list is endless really it is endless and that's why i think it's a it's a really difficult one when you have client you know patients that will go to the doctor and you have a gp who has 10 minutes with them i mean how can you possibly hope to start unraveling underlying causes in 10 minutes um so that's why you know just shove a pill in and, and suppress the symptom i mean i'm blessed that i have you know my initial consultation is two hours um yeah. and you, you really get to kind of you know dig around and start unpackaging that onion um and it's it's fascinating and always so incredibly rewarding and i feel that you know if you can have a client who walks out of the room with a smile on their face thinking i know what i'm doing you know i i'm, I'm excited about all this thing, all this information that i've been given then i can go and i can get myself well um and then i kind of think yeah okay we're we're on the right track um but it is hard you know it's not a not a quick fix i would say you know to people my worst kind of client is somebody who says oh my wife sent me and you'll think this is going to be challenging you know but you know if you can get them inspired about doing their homework um and sometimes it's a lot of homework yeah. um because you can't just do one element or sometimes with clients you have to go really really slowly and say okay this is going to take a long time but we're going to work on this first and then this and then this um but sometimes you can get clients which just you know come through the door and they're like hit me with it i'm going to do everything um which is brilliant but then you have to watch out for the healing crisis you know 
<laughs> so it's a kind of real movable feast. Yeah. yeah, and so often it's the first time that people really feel as though they've been heard because with the mainstream medical system, so often people just get moved from pillar to post. So they go to the GP, the GP's not sure, they go to the consultant, the consultant sends them for tests, they end up with a different consultant, so on and so forth. And some people have been going through this process for years and years and years, and then they come and see somebody in the natural health world, whether it be a nutritional therapist or an acupuncturist, a medical herbalist, whoever it may be, and for the first time in however many years, somebody takes has the time and takes the time to be able to sit down and actually listen. Yeah. To yeah. Them. Yes. And I think that the therapeutic exchange is phenomenally valuable. Mm. Um, definitely not to be underestimated. Um, you know, that's the that's the bit that yes, I love that building rapport and trust and. Um, and being humbled with people's stories yeah. um, it just you know incredible I find uh, you know what some people have been through and the resilience of the human spirit to keep going is just mind-boggling um, mm -hmm. and so yes I do I meet the most incredible people you know all every day of my life it's it's fantastic yeah it's it's a blessing really isn't it mm. yeah complete blessing you, I mean, you covered an awful lot of ground in your book. I was reading the book and I'm just like, oh gosh, she said that. Oh, she's talking about this. Wow, she talked about that. Now, how many people, for instance, have heard about the fourth phase of water? I was yeah. astonished and delighted when I saw that in the book. Mm. Well, I kind of just, I'd, I'd read this book um, called Human Heart, Cosmic Heart by a chap by Thomas Cowan. And you know, when you kind of read something and you're like, wow. So I did some more sort of digging around and then came across Gerald Pollock. And, and I was just like, that kind of explains, you know, when, when, when he went through about the heart and the length of um, blood vessels in the body and the resistance to the blood flow, it, it just isn't possible for the heart to pump blood around the body there's got to be some other kind of force that's keeping things moving and yeah. it makes so much sense you know you've got your fourth phase of water you know with all the electrons lining the the edges of the blood vessel and then of course all the sort of positively charged liquid through the middle and and that kind of keeps everything moving and flowing but also that we can affect that whole process by making sure that we power the ability to of the body to create that fourth phase of water you know by getting out into nature um you know getting into the sunshine and i don't know have you read i don't know if you've read say g's uh, regenerate book and he is i mean he's far more scientific than i am but you know almost sort of saying that human bodies have have the ability to do a form of photosynthesis um that, you know we can uh, you know uh, obtain energy from the sun and i just think with our inside lives um and people are just not going outside i'm not surprised we're all getting sick yeah, um, yeah. so nature is or just getting outside is, is is a really hugely important part of my self-care um because if i don't do that i you know go a bit stir crazy and i'm very fortunate to live in the countryside um, um so it's easy to get out 
Yeah, no, it makes a huge difference. And it's something that we're huge advocates of at ANH as well, because we have experience of um, the benefits of being outdoors. We know it for ourselves. The science shows it. Uh, we're very aware of Gerald Pollock's work and fourth phase of water. And as you say, a form of photosynthesis that, yeah. that some people might go, really? Oh, oh wow. But it is, it is a, when you read it, it's a, oh my goodness, that makes so much sense. And given that we're 70% water anyway, absolutely, yes. it, it, yeah. does, it does make a, a huge amount of sense. So you, you've pulled together um, such, such a resource in the book because you, you, you touch on so many areas that are so important and so relevant. Um, yeah. I kind of felt that, um, you know, if, if people were going to read this book and it was going to be of help, mm. I had to cover a lot of bases. Although, you know, I, I, the feedback I've had, it's very readable. It's not too scientific because I want everybody to be able to kind of read this and not get bored and bogged down in science. But, so, but I did feel that it was important to cover um, you know, lots of different areas so that, you know, people with chronic disease, hopefully that's going to give them resources to really start on their wellness journey. They may need topping up by coming to see a therapist, but actually there's a huge amount, I hope, in that book that will, you know, make people think, okay, well, I can change this and change that and let's give that a go. But it's about experimenting with your own body and learning to listen to it. Um, I think when we're all so incredibly busy, it's very inconvenient when our body throws symptoms at us, but actually it's throwing them for a reason and it needs change. And so it's about, you know, sort of just having a little bit of stillness and going, okay, body, what are you asking for? Um, which is always a challenge when we're really, really busy. Um, and, you know, it's, it's definitely a challenge for me when you, are self-employed and you love what you're doing not to completely fill your diary every minute of the day yeah no i i know i know what you mean actually it is quite challenging sometimes mm -hmm. isn't it you to mm -hmm. practice what you preach yes absolutely <laughs> yes and my my children are often going mom i don't think you're practicing what you're preaching <laughs> I'm like, okay right so you know early early finish work weekend off i'm not going to go into my office all those kind of boundaries that you know i need to be really strict about yeah. um otherwise my body definitely starts to shout at me i think as you as you say the noise of 21st century living is so loud that mm. we don't hear or, or we've forgotten to listen to, yeah. to our body and what it's telling us so definitely yeah. we need to learn to take time to be able to hear those messages they're so important yeah. um, so yeah. the, the the whole situation with COVID-19 at the moment is really changing the way that healthcare is working. Mm -hmm. So the government, the UK government are saying that they expect the whole telehealth situation to continue, that GPs should be using online consultations, using platforms such as Zoom, for instance, or telephone consultations. We're also being told that going forwards that 
we may not be able to access accident and emergency in the same way that we will have to go through a triage system and an appointment will be made for us um, if it's considered non-life-threatening but how, how do you think healthcare is going to change as we go forward or how should it change as we go forward Oh, wow. Yes, gosh. I mean, I, as, with regards to COVID, if, if I was running the country and the sort of the healthcare system, um, I would be ensuring that every man, woman and child had optimal levels of vitamin D, zinc and vitamin C. That would be my absolute bedrock. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I really what I would like to change is um, I think there's a lot of people um, who are saying we can't afford to eat healthily Mm. and that i feel is a complete travesty um so for me it would be about you know for the food manufacturers that are wanting to create unhealthy foods um they should be paying you know taxes or you know premiums to be able to sell those um and then the government you know should then have funding to be able to fund fruit vegetables good quality protein so that you know nobody has the excuse to say i can't afford to eat healthily um and and again tightening up on on sugar that's you know i mean you'll know i mean that's the thing that's doing so much damage um and and getting proper information out to people um not this kind of misguided mismatched you know one minute you know the media are saying one thing and the next minute they're saying another and it's so confusing um so some really good solid advice to people um and also you know funding to the nhs to um and i know it's starting but um making sure that you know people could have gym memberships or you know creating more walking groups um or you know putting more funding into mindfulness and stress management i think that's really really important again you know i've had clients who are really stressed and um they've been told by their doctor yes you know i'm I'm booked in on a mindfulness group but i can't access it for six months well that's just not good enough um so i think it's a shifting of funding to put be putting it into the really important bits um and if people weren't having to you know if the government wasn't having to give the pharmaceutical industry billions for all their pills then there will be lots of money for the natural more healthy approach um but yeah you know i think it's it's just chipping away but i feel that again this change is going to be led by patients um, we all start to need you know, need to start voting with our feet um, and saying actually this isn't right and I want it different and you know for instance in my book when I talk about mammograms well you know I'm encouraging women and it's difficult because you have to pay for these but to have thermograms um, and uh, but you know those are not available on the NHS but I sh- they should be and if more women are, are saying actually no I don't want a mammogram I want a thermogram or an ultrasound this is what you need to be providing um, then I hope that things will start to change um, but it will be a slow process I think so I think that could give us three top tips for uh, improving our immune 
resilience or our resilience in general just to help us to be strong and Ooh. get through the next few months yeah. in as good a, a way as we can okay wow only three um Okay. Maybe, maybe a couple more if you need them. But. <laughs> okay. um, I suppose the first thing that springs to mind is, is creating a bit of stillness in your day, um, however you do it. And I find with a lot of people who are kind of A types, quite driven, you know, asking them to sit and meditate is just, they're just like, I can't do it. And I'm so, okay, so we'll find something that helps to switch your head off, whether it's gardening or, you know, playing a musical instrument or cooking or, you know, something where you can be really mindful and focused. So you're just absorbed in the moment. Um, and um, in that, I'd also say um, be very aware of your breathing. I think that's an absolute bedrock um, because when we're stressed, we breathe shallowly and that has a massive impact on the physiology. So kind of nice deep breaths down into the diaphragm. Um, and if you are feeling a bit wired or anxious, um, make sure that you extend the out breath so that you're helping to switch the body into parasympathetic mode. Um, so that was rather a, a big, big point. Um, Very and, important point though. Yes, I think that would be my priority because if a body is calm, everything's going to work better. Um, from a diet point of view, I guess I've got two things is just um, try and cut down on the sugar as much as you can, you know, and that's a really hard one when it is so drug like. Um, and um, put in vegetables you just you can't eat enough vegetables um but getting a diversity of vegetables you know we again with our kind of western diets because we're buying from the shops we tend to buy the same thing every time and it's if you go to the supermarket or you know your local farm shop and you see a different type of vegetable which you've never had before give it a try um, and again using lots of herbs um, and spices to kind of increase the diversity of your diet um, and and yeah there's so many things and maybe and water <laughs> just make sure you're drinking enough water <laughs> um, that probably is uh, the kind of yes my three rather large tips uh, again all very important tips and everything you've said about vegetables variety diversity herbs spices mm. all things that we're um we promote very heavily at a and h and that, that forms a key part of our food for health guidelines as well yeah. so well, it's yeah. lovely when we're, we're all singing off the same hymn sheet we yeah. just have to sing loud yeah uh, <laughs> to get that message out there yeah um, I, think, I think that's partly why the your book resonated with me because it it talks about so many things that the alliance for natural health has been talking about for the 20 years of its existence uh, for us it's a bit of a no-brainer really yes yes well but, i kind of you know when i've been talking to um other nutritional therapists and I go it's not necessarily a book for you because you will know all this stuff but for me it's an incredibly useful resource for my clients mm -hmm. because 
you know, when you've only got an hour, two hours with them, you can only impart so much information. Um, but, you know, if they can take, once you've got them hooked and then you, you take, you know, send them away with the book and it's just brilliant because it kind of just um, cements all sorts of things um, in their mind and, and they go, oh yes, I haven't thought about that. Um, let's try and incorporate that into our life. Um, it's a reminder as well, I suppose, because when you go on a journey to improve your health, you try lots of different things and do lots of different things and sometimes you can forget. So oh, yeah. it's nice to have uh, something there that will remind you and you can dip in and out and think, oh, yes, that was I, was, I found that really helpful. But mm. life has taken me along and I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. So or yeah. perhaps I can do that again. And it, it, it mm. just it's there as that constant resource to dip in and yeah. out of. Well, that's the feedback I've had. It's it's a kind of, you know. Bible for the home to dip in and out of in you know, as and when, um, which has been lovely. You know, it's lovely to get that kind of um, feedback and and feel that it's hopefully being helpful to people. Well, that's brilliant. Well, I have to say it's been brilliant to speak to you today. Uh, final thoughts: what, what something that you can leave our listeners with? Yeah, I I think. Um, we all live in these incredibly miraculous machines um, that have an incredible ability to heal themselves. Um, and it's about creating the stillness in your life to be able to hear what your body is asking for. Um, and I think that would be my, my final thoughts. That's fantastic. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Kate. It's been amazing to talk to you. And thank you. And thank you to the ANH for doing all the amazing stuff that they're doing. It's, it's hugely valuable to, to my world um, to feel that we've got this you know, powerful body backing us up um, and, and leading the way. So um, thank you. Oh, that's phenomenal to hear. We, we really appreciate you saying that. It's, it's great. You know, we, we're so passionate about what we do and um, we've got no plans to stop in the, in, in the near future. Hooray. Good. <laughs> we're going to keep going. <laughs> Fantastic. Brilliant. Uh, I'm going to say thanks so much and um, good luck with the book. Thank you so much. 